Welcome to Companion Piece, a podcast celebrating the many friends and allies of the Doctor, from Totters Lane to Sheffield, Gatwick Airport to the Powell Estate. We'll be taking a deep dive into each and every companion, exploring their life, their time in the TARDIS, and for some, their adventures without the Doctor. Today, we'll be going back to where a lot of people were introduced to Who, and the companion who was the first for a lot of people, Rose Tyler, covering her travels from 2005 London to New Earth and beyond. I'm assuming, I'm just going to start this with the assumption that a lot of people who are listening to this will already know an awful lot about Rose. So, we are going to be reintroducing you to somebody you're very, very familiar with, but on the off chance that we have people listening who have not seen many of her episodes or have started watching Who with uh, the 11th Doctor or with Jodie... It might be a nice introduction to the earlier of new early end of new who. So I think for a lot of us, me and you especially I don't know I don't know when you started watching, but I think like did you did you watch classic before you watch new? I did. Yeah, I think I did cuz yeah, mainly Troughton actually. But yeah, I did, but then I I do remember when Doctor Who came back and what a big thing it was and I watched it then up until probably about Tennant's fourth series or something. <laughs> I remember it being big. Yeah, oh it was. Um Yeah, but then for me and you, Rose would have been the first proper companion that we were introduced to because I think I'd only I think I'd watched two really short clips of the awakening and an episode of revelation of the daleks so for my for me it was properly my introduction to who and at least i think if we try and do it chronologically it'll work better um so with the first introduction of rose i associate that with a lot of nostalgia um Mm. uh, the lockdown who watch along of Rose that was last year now. Goodness me, that was a long time ago now. Um I did that one and it was it surprised me how much I didn't remember. But the characterization is still the same and it's still as much as it is of its time because there's a, a lot of the stuff that they did or not a lot, a fair bit, you wouldn't necessarily do the same way now. But I think looking back mm. it's still got a lot of um, appeal to it. Mm. So yeah, what, what do you do? You remember sitting down to watch it? I I remember Rose very well. I can I can honestly still remember watching that like it was like yesterday, which is a little bit scary. Let's be honest, because <laughs> it's like oh my god, oh, it was only I'm getting sixteen old, years mate. ago, wasn't it? Jesus, only, only. <laughs> God. I've got a picture somewhere when I was seven when it came out of me because because my I watched they used to do I think well I may have talked about this in our pilot BBC used to do omnibus editions of Classic Who on like a Saturday morning at stupid o'clock in the morning or was it the weekday I don't know I was very very young and I'd watch, go downstairs and watch them when I shouldn't be and I watched clips and like I was like, what's it I want to watch it so my my dad got me like a a video of one of them. Um, so I was a little bit of a fan and then it came back and I was, there's a picture of me watching Rose and I was like so intently watching the telly like mouth open a little seven year old like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the funniest thing because it gripped me so much and we're not trying to review series one here we're trying to talk about Rose but I think the two are so interlinked mm. 
Um, I think the three, the three big people, and there's plenty of others who made it what it was. But you've got Chris Eccleston, you've got Russell T Davis, and then you've got Billy Piper. Mm. And I think if you took away any one of those, it would not work the way it worked. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean it definitely worked. I mean if. Obviously, it would not have worked without the writing. It would not have worked without Chris's performance as the Doctor. But I think if you had a more cla- like classic-style companion, a bit of inside baseball here, this will come out a while before, but we have just uh, recorded another podcast talking about classic companions, so I've got a little bit fresh in my mind. Um, not to give anything away. But if you went for a more classic approach of what they were like I don't think it would have quite worked for the modern era I think having a younger because how old was Billy Piper when she started in Who because she wasn't the age she was playing was she Um. but if she wasn't it was an awfully close I'm trying to think how old because I'm sure she says how old she is doesn't she in isn't re- she meant to be 19 is that a thing yeah I, I think so I'm, that stuck in sticks I can't speak in my mind as well as being something like that but I don't think she was that young because she's what is she now is she about late 30s now she is Billy she's 38 now what 22 16 yeah 22 yeah yeah so it wasn't that far off no yeah so I think having she in like Having a more teenage appeal to it, I think, is what it... Because that's what they were aiming for for a family show. Mm. And having a younger companion work quite well. I think if you'd gone for really early classic, where you'd had a couple of adults and a child, it might not have worked. Mm. But I think Billy Piper's performance made it what it was, coupled with Russell's writing and Chris's acting. Mm. But actually, to, to actually discuss the character, not the impact she had. So, if you, anyone hasn't watched any Rose stories, which I'd be surprised if anyone has watched who and not gone back. But I, I'm I'm fully aware that we will have not necessarily listening to this, but there will be plenty of younger fans who have only watched Matt Smith's run or Jodie's run, especially. And I think it's the it's worth definitely going back to the beginning. That's where I always say to people to go from. But I've got my list. I'm going to say my list of what I think are probably the ones to watch. And then if I've missed any, little, do let me <laughs> know. Uh, I've got, obviously, Rose. Mm. Debating Aliens of London in World War Three Because that gets a bad rap. But it's also a good one for her characterisation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's firstly, it's great fun. And secondly, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, she gets some great stuff to do in that one. That's the thing. It's like, but it, it's also a lot. I think about it. It's kind of a bit about her character as well, and how she learns from some of the stuff she's done, which I won't go into if you haven't seen it. But there's yeah. there's a little bit of tension for various reasons in that, shall we say? <laughs> Definitely. I've got that. I've got Dalek, which is a quite heavy rose one. Father's Day, yes. I think, is a really important one yes. for rose. Uh, and then Bad Wolf part another ways. Yes. Because even though the whole of the first series is, is based around the relationship between her and the Doctor, it's there are some, more, some episodes which more focus on her. 
So I know we can, we can spoil it. We've said we're going to spoil it, but I'm not going to do too many spoilers in case people haven't seen the bigger uh, events. But starting off where she started is like a teenager who, and like you can see in robes that she's not like scared. She's not. She's not easily frightened of what happens. She's still got like the, the courage to her and the, the sass to her of like talking back to the people that she needs to. But she is also fully aware that she's in danger and she acts appropriately. Mm. So I think it's quite a good development she has from that to where she ends up, even at the end of series one, let alone any later series. Yeah. I don't know what to say now. Oh, you better... <laughs> <laughs> no, doing that's this better right. than me. Um, um, well, the thing is, it's just, it's just like because I've I've currently got someone who is interested in watching Who, who hasn't seen any of it, and I'm trying to plot out the big plot points for them to get to, which I actually have a list here, and I'll go through and see what the what I've got for series mm-hmm. one. Um, where are they? Yeah, here you go. Um, well, that's the thing. The, the the reaction she has to meeting the Doctor and to being involved in that world, I think it would work. It's a good relationship they get. It's very much... She's there as... More so with nine than with ten. She's there as his friend more than anything else. Yeah, no, I was going to say, controversial opinion. Do you (laughs) prefer Rose with nine or Rose with ten? Because that's an interesting one. People are very strong. Yes, they do. (laughs) I mean, for me personally, it would be Rose and nine because I Mm -hmm. much preferred her character in that series and for me personally I didn't like the whole doomsday thing I I just don't I don't like it with any doctors really that romance I just don't that's just me personally and um but yeah I I, I mean I'm definitely a rose and nine person although I do like moments she has with with ten as well obviously but yeah no I'm I'm much the same I think there are there are standout bits between her and Ten in series two, but I think her defining series is series one mm. because it's a very different relationship she has with Nine than she has with Ten. It's there's a there's a hint in series one of more than friendship, but it's not an awful mm. lot. And I think having Chris, how old was Chris? Chris, Chris must have doctor. been about 40, a, I would have thought, because he he's about, been, what is he, 16 now, is he? Maybe 45 then? Something like that. He's, yeah. he's older than, I think, every time. Yeah, I think he is. I think uh, he's probably 60, Chris. Uh, so, yeah, he's well, Is he 57? All right. Sorry, Chris. I'm aging, I'm aging you a little bit. Soz. <laughs> but he's... Um, so he'd have been about 40... We do some maths. Forty-one, 41. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he would have been forty-one, and so she would have been late early twenties. So yeah, I think that's just the product of them being the ages they were. It's just a friendship and an exploration. Whereas when David Tennant was cast, he, was, he wasn't he wasn't young, but he also wasn't that much older. Mm. 
because what is he now? He's 49. Yeah. So he would have been 33. Yeah, so he's only about 10 years older, which is still a gap, but it's less less mm. of a gap. Um, yeah, but I, I prefer her characterization in Series mm. 1. I get what they were aiming for with Series 2, and it does work on some levels. And I'm not going to deny, when I watched Series 2 for the first time, it really affected me, the ending of it. But I don't know if that was the age I was or because I was just so, uh, like, so into that relationship. But, go, like, with hindsight going back, I am not much of a fan. No, I mean, really remember Doomsday particularly well because I hadn't seen it for so long. And I don't... I remember watching it when I was a kid. I remember watching it, but I didn't remember the emotion of it. And I think I watched it again last year I think and I, I confess that it it's not a bad episode but it's it wouldn't be my favorite shall we say and it 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 certainly uh I don't know really it's just maybe not my cup of tea I suppose as they say that's fair enough I think it's with as with some other massive things with who you've got the people who are incredibly against it and you've got the people who are incredibly a fan of it but that I kind of fall between the two more than anything other. I've heard like again outside experience I've heard on other podcasts with actual you know journalists and professional people who review TV discuss Doomsday as one of their favourite episodes of Who and I can see that if you're a fan of that relationship it would the characterization would work quite well, but I series two itself isn't no, my favorite I mean, series by any stretch. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it, but... for me, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit are two of my favorite episodes ever, 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 ever. Oh my god! But that's another story. Yes. Um, what else is in <laughs> series two? I'm struggling. Tooth and Claw. I really uh, like Tooth and Claw. Tooth and Claw Nobody else. <laughs> people Again, don't. Some people rate. don't, but I do. I mean, this is going to be leaning into when uh, our friends that are married to who listen to this, uh, Alex, who we've both met. Now, he is, as far as if I've, I really hope I've not got this wrong, because I'm pretty sure it's Alex who is a massive fan of Tooth and Claw, and Cody's a fan of human nature. Yeah. Um, so, we, yeah, he'll, he'll like that we're discussing it. I. It's not the best episode of Who, and I'm not saying that just to wind him up, I'm saying that because it isn't, but um, it's also really like effective at mm. what it does, and I think Rose is quite, it's, it's really quite good in that. Mm. I'm trying to think. Um, what, what I've got is, I haven't got New Earth, because unfortunately I find, as much as I like camp, it is <laughs> I, I enjoy New um, Earth for what it is. I think it's fair to say. Like I, I do really enjoy it, but for what it is, I don't think it's the best episode ever. But I, re- I do really like it. Yeah, I think, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's watching for fun. No. It's not like the best. Um, Tooth and Claw has definitely has its defenders. <laughs> We've just discussed. I do like it for what it is, but it's also. I mean, it gave birth to all the tortured Queen Victoria, big finishes. So that's something. And it did. It did get us, get give us the scene of, um, 
Rose and the Doctor being knighted and da- yeah. da- damed. There's some good funny moments, isn't there, in that story? Like the the is, yeah, is, there there is some really funny that. little bits in that story, and you're just like, oh, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the constant running gag. Yeah. Of, like, can we get it? <laughs> we are not amused, which is funny up to a point. Um, but yeah, you've got um, you've got the oh, yeah. no, Dame of the Power Estate, you know, Sir Doctor of Tardis, and all that, which is funny <laughs> that- enough. But no, it's not. I don't think it's the best set story. No, of series two, but series two you've got school reunion, which I think is a very good Rose one. But it's also a good. It's a, it's a good one to see her character. You might. Some people just don't like her character. No, I mean, per- yeah, personally, I don't because I mean, I don't know whether this is just me, but I feel like, <coughs> beg your pardon, that that's. I mean, was she like that in series one? Because I don't remember her being like that but was she she wasn't was she no the characterization i think changes significantly between one and two so yeah going back to where we were meant to be starting um even with you've got the scene where she like runs away from mickey where she leaves mickey to leave with the doctor but that's not played as like jealousy or as pain as that's Mm. played as wanting the adventure um with and in dalek it's more She's really sympathetic and she's really, um, she cares. Even for this creature that she's seen murder Mm. an entire base of people, she still has the compassion for that. And Father's Day, you get to see that. I think that is one of the the saddest stories. There's plenty of sad Who stories, but Father's Mm. Day is pretty devastating. And I think that is down to the acting, especially of uh, Billy Piper and Sean Dingwall, I think. I mean, Chris is great in it, but he's not in it very much, is he? He gets written out quite... Well, it's not. It's quite late into the episode, but he's not in mm. it a lot. It's more focused on Rose and her dad. I mean, it's... it's I was thinking like, it's... Because in it, she's obviously a little bit... Not, not selfish, but obviously she wants her father alive when she knows he can't be. And you can completely understand it. And yeah. it's... Yeah. And whereas, whereas some of the stuff that she does later, that's yeah, and and you know, sort it of like it seems to contradict when obviously in Aliens of London. <coughs> I mean, she's clearly upset her mother to a degree, isn't she? As well, when it's a bit like I don't know, she can be a quite a yeah. selfish character sometimes. Rose, I think, and sometimes you can understand it, and sometimes you just want to be like Rose. Come on, love! Like you've mm-hmm. clearly upset your mum. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, we've had going into our tweets a little early. We've had two separate people bring up the selfishness. So I think I'll start with with James. You know, at, um, James Courtney at Mister J A Courtney. He's put. Uh, he'll start with something. Russell T. Davis said about Rose that mm. she is selfish, so her best moments are when she is selfless. So at the end of Rose, she saves the Doctor, which leads to her being offered the chance to travel in the TARDIS, and she does it again and again. It happens in World War Three. She she tells the Doctor, uh, even though when you you have Jackie like begging him not to do anything that would put her in harm's way, she's the one. Like Harriet Jones is the one who orders him to do it, but she's the one who offers mm. 
to sacrifice herself in order to save everyone else. But, and like this is a good phrase he's put in here, that we do see the selfishness in spades, that she treats everyone she knows on earth appallingly. That she lies to her mum a lot. Yes. She's not honest with Mickey. No. And I, this, is a, this is a good take on it that I haven't considered before, actually. In Parting of the Ways, where she opens up the heart of the TARDIS, it is selfless in order to get there to help the Doctor and to stop the Daleks. But it's selfish because she wants to get back there so she can stay with the Doctor when she's not been pushed away. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mickey basically ends up... People think that he murdered her. And that, yeah, and that, that gets brushed away. It does, quickly. and you're a bit like, a what the hell? I'm not going to swear, but what? What? Like what? <laughs> Just a bit like, come on now, Rose. Like he, he, they basically think he murdered you, and you're still alive, and you're sort of like not really quite getting it. <laughs> no, I do feel for Mickey right. quite a lot because. You know, yeah. as much as everyone's like, oh, he's Mickey the idiot or whatever, it's like, I genuinely do feel sorry for him a lot of the time. <laughs> you do, the thing is, he gets he gets so much characterisation, we won't even go into it because I'm sure we can do a Mickey episode oh, yeah. at some point, but he changes, and he changes because of Rose and apart from her as well. Mm. And it's nice to see the effect she has on people and the effect that she has otherwise. Um, I'll leave James's rest for a second because he's gone on to 10 and we haven't really gone on to 10 yet but that's the thing with Father's Day is such a like I say it's, it's selfish a little bit because she wants to go and save her dad but she wants originally she wants to see her dad and she wants to be yes. with him so you can see oh, that yeah. parting of the ways it's it maybe it is selfish of her to want to go back because he the doctor's left her but it's she is one like the speech she gives in uh, Parting of the Ways just before the Bad Wolf reveal. She gets like really emotional about it, and you can see the effect the Doctor's had on her and what she's learnt. Um, which taking that part of her character and then putting against her character in quite a few parts of Series Two, to be honest, it seems quite a jump. Mm. But that's the thing. It's um, yeah. But I do, th- I do prefer her in series one to in series two, mm. which I think a fair few people have that complaint. But there are still good parts. Well, as we said, now we're getting back to what we start with with school reunion. I love the episode. Mm. It's a brilliant. Oh, episode. me too. Yeah. And you know the the reintroduction of Sarah Jane is done magnificently. But. Up until the scene where they actually have it out, the entirety of her character in that is jealousy and pettiness. Yeah, and from the from the moment she's introduced to Sarah Jane to the moment that they have their argument, it's just her acting so selfishly and so like jealous for the entire run. Yeah, I mean it's a bit. Sp- it, it, oh, it irritates me. It has to be said, it does irritate me somewhat. I'm a bit like, yeah, don't I... speak to Sarah Jane like that. Like, what the hell? That's the point, yeah. <laughs> it's Sarah Jane, for God's sake. Um, I mean, the I like the argument because it's Sarah Jane actually going, no, I'm not standing for this. I will I will back myself up. And then them realising that, that, that they're not so different. But 
the amount of jibes she gets in at Sarah Jane in the first few minutes, like, I don't know about that. Was it like the second ten minutes or so? Yeah. I think the entirety of that is just her insulting Sarah Jane. And I can see what they were aiming for, of like, they have Mickey say the line of, like, the Mrs. and the X. But we've had companions meet before. Not very often, but it's happened. You've had, like, Turlow and the Brigadier, and you've had... Um, everyone in any of the multi-doctor stories and it's never really and especially with like Martha and Donna in series 4 yeah, but you know also from a man well not a man a time lord who's however old he is some stupid amount of years old why would you assume you'd be the you'd been the only person in his life yeah. anyway I mean I can see where they went from with, with the ninth doctor not wanting to talk about his past because of what happened in the war mm. and that's fair mm. enough but you would have thought at least you would consider going, well, he's told me he's over 900 years yeah. old. I can't be the first person he's ever met. Yeah, ex- you know, exactly, really. <laughs> well, Can anyone Can anyone yeah. tell that scene annoys me yet? <laughs> I, get annoyed at the, I get annoyed at the scenes of her being really petty, but then I, once they've had the... The thing is, speaking about selfishness, it goes from that scene to them arguing and then realising they're not so different because of Sarah Jane being the adult in the situation. Mm. They work it out and by the end, Mickey invites himself onto the TARDIS and Rose's reaction to that is really petty again. Yeah. Of, oh, oh, right then. And it's like, I really liked the characterisation in, um, in series one. It, it seems to change quite drastically for me but I'm going to see if anyone or any one of our Twitter friends has got any different opinions I mean um, one one thing I was just thinking of is because I, I honestly can't remember although I love the episode I mean how did she feel for example towards Renette although she never met Renette but she obviously did I mean did she know I was thinking about that I'm not sure I I honestly can't she remember. She really finds out too much about it. No, because I can't remember if the Doctor says, and I, I can't, I, I can't remember, even though I love the episode, exactly what, what is said, other than you can't keep the horse. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit everyone remembers. <laughs> but that's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check and see if, but I'm not overly certain that they ever actually find out. Because there's a scene. I'm pretty sure there's a scene where they. They are, they either talk or they um mm. I'm pretty certain there's uh, pretty certain there's there is a scene where they either talk or they talk about each other but I'm not sure okay well, I'm sure someone will tell us if we're wrong. Um, but yeah, and then the episodes after School Union aren't overly focused on her as a character. They're just like who episodes. Because what you've got, you've got um, Girl in the Fireplace, which is a but that's more of the Doctor's. Story. Oh yeah, I mean I love it for that reason. I think. Yeah, and then Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. Which, for all of it, is basically Mickey's story. Yeah, there is there is a bit in that though where 
because Pete's still alive, isn't he? Pete Tyler's still alive. Yeah. That's his name, isn't it? Am I? Yeah, it is. Good. Just checking. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be talking about people and everyone will be going, who? What? <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a scene where she talks about him like it's her father and the doctor keeps saying, no, 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 it's not your father. And she... Yeah. And I remember that being quite interesting. But yeah, definitely it is. It, there is a lot of, of Mickey in that story. Yeah, it's. I think it's Mickey's journey. You get Rose and the alternate Jackie and the alternate Pete, but it's more Mickey's story mm. by the end, mm-hmm. at least. Because then, what's, what have you got after that? Is that when you have Idiot's Lantern? Yes. I think so, which is Rose essentially being written out for half the episode. You get the scene of her confronting the, the dad, who's just a complete arse. But um, other than that, I think it's quite early on that she gets like kidnapped or has her face to- stolen so it's just the doctor I mean a, lo- a lot of people find her behaviour in that controversial don't they the, the end of that idiot's lantern yeah. but That's thinking about it yes it is but from her perspective I think it's because her her dad's not been there yeah, I think you can and, see what they're going for. And but it's, it, it's... it comes across as what it's probably not supposed to. But I, th- I yeah. think for Rose, it's because her father wasn't there because he was dead. And I think she's saying that she dad. But then, you know, to a lot of people, and myself included, it seems a bit t- taste- yeah, tasteless. See... It is. You can see the message that they're going for about like her. She was without her dad. Yeah, she wants yeah. To not to go through the same thing, but her dad, for all of its faults, wasn't abusive. No, and and it's pa- it's probably her just not thinking, isn't it? And it being quite impulsive. Yeah. I th- I think that is something about her. I think she is quite an impulsive yeah. character. Um, you get a lot of her decisions are made. Oh, I need to save. I need to do this. I need to do this for the doctor. I need to do this for me. It's not not necessarily selfishness. It's just mm. impulse. And that's the thing. But um, then you've got Impossible Planet and Satan Pit, which is, I think, is is a, a two part of that. It's oh, I, I, oh, it's one of my. I watch it all the time. I'm a bit addicted, mind you. I was I was when it mm. came out as well. As I hasn't changed. It, properly, I think it's, it does creep. Yeah. So yeah. yeah the, that two-parter, I think, is really... It's, I mean, it's a good story in itself. It's really atmospheric. It's really creepy. But it's a good one. If you're a fan of their relationship, it is a good one for the mm. relationship. I also think it it has a good sort of thing of the Doctor and Rose going off on their own and yeah. doing I things and... Sort of uh, stepping out of their <laughs> comfort zones and things because it's a two-parter. Two it allows let for you that. Expand on things a lot more. So I think there's, you know, you get the, you get the scene of them talking about getting a house and a mortgage, and which is quite a cute idea. Um, oh, I think and so. You get a lot of that in the, the doctor's speech of like not believing in anything, but yeah. believing in her and Rose mm. taking. I think the scene at the end where she takes the initiative to shoot out the the windscreen of whatever it is they're piloting which 
it's a rocket or an escape pod or something, which makes no sense scientifically because if you shot out the windscreen of that, you would be then sucked into rocket. space. But is it a rocket? Let's just assume it yeah, works. I think it's a rocket. Um, I think we're better off doing that. Um, but that's the thing. It's um, that's a good two part for their relationship <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> I think is what what what's the one that follows. What follows that? Oh, then you've got the two that are really... You've got Love and Monsters and then mm. Fear Her. I like Love and Monsters. The thing is, that's the thing, it's a funny... It's a, I can see what they're going for as well. Fear Her, on the other hand, yeah, it's very much Rose's story because her. the Doctor gets written out quite early I on. I love Love and Monsters, it's funny. But at the same time... <laughs> Not a lot happens. It's not a not a particularly memorable story. Mm. Yeah. No, the thing I was watching because the Love and Monsters watch recently, and it made me laugh when. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, of course not. When Rose said to Elton about upsetting her mum I'm like Rose darling yeah, as opposed enough, to, to yourself honest. who's never upset that's the thing, your mum um, obviously that's the, <laughs> I, mean, that's I, know, I know it wasn't meant I'm to be going, like but it just amused it, me I was just a bit is, like I think, reflected okay. <laughs> both of the characterizations of her and the doctor <laughs> in, though, in those stories before you get to the like the finale because as I will now actually get to the point that James was saying about this 10th Doctor some of her characters reflected into the 10th Doctor's character so he has a bit of Rose's selfishness which makes him reckless and adds to his arrogance and when they're together they have a lot of fun they have too much fun and then it becomes toxic to people around them and I can see that really especially with the um, there's a lot of the bit with Sarah Jane and the the, um, certain scenes especially in like army of ghosts where you know what it's leading to because it's it's they tell you in the beginning but the way it, everyone else is affected by their relationship I think is quite a clever way of doing it um, mm. and he says like RT, like you can see in it that RTD thinks it's a bad thing to have a relationship with a kind of toxic like that which is fair enough but it's also like you want it to be you want that side to either be explored or not mentioned not hinted at but um, as he says by the end she's the main character not the doctor for those two series that she's the one we empathise with so mm. it's quite a good point because the companion we need to be able to we need to be able to latch on to so the way that Rose is portrayed in the first two series, I think it's quite, personally at least, I think it's quite, uh, it's a nice, it's a good characterization in series one. It changes significantly, but not necessarily. I don't like her characterization in series two. I know there are plenty of people who love that relationship. So we haven't had any. Um, uh, well, we've well our friend, uh, mm. passion fruit scented jar candle at b underscore bird underscore moth, says that for a long time she was the companion in their eyes, 
Uh, she was their favourite for a long time. And nowadays, they don't actually like the Doctor Companion romances and can see it as the least creative direction you can take it. She is a brilliant character. And the characters around her made the show, so Jackie and Mickey and Pete. So they're some of the best parts of her run, and Billy Piper was a brilliant choice. She's smart but relatable, um, and a great actor. Which I can see, because I'm not sure... I think Eleven and Clara had a little bit of that romantic size. Mm. Some people were going to be saying 13 mm. and Yaz. And then you had Martha and like the unrequited love aspect of series three. Mm. But it's not... Uh, I don't think they've ever done it again, really. So for the story they were telling, if it's, if it's a one-off sort of romance arc it works quite well mm. no I think it worked yeah, for I what just, they were I going just for want them to do that but if they try it again not only is it going to be a speaking, bit like oh it's a repeat it of what was what we've already had personally it is also a bit yes it might it I don't see the Doctor as necessarily a romantic-like hero. They're very much more... Especially in classic, is the stepping back and just falling into an adventure instead of going out and going, oh, I'm going to do this with this person. So I think that's my opinion anyway. Plenty of people love that relationship. I'm not going to, you know... um, try and diminish that in their eyes but it's just it's not necessarily for mm. me but I I like their relationship but I don't necessarily think it should be what who always does but I mean also I mean the doctor to a degree in yeah is it doomsday as we said is quite selfish as well because he you know he's like well, what they is have it, that, 900 um, or some stupid stupid number yeah they and talk about that therefore in it's a bit selfish of him to want rose because rose reunion, can't live forever either. where he says that he lives forever isn't there a reference and she can to spend that the rest something? of her life with him but not vice versa so it's um it's trying to i think Yeah, I, that's the reason I don't think it'll work really. And you would have, you would have thought at least once that that would have come up that he is essentially an immortal being and she isn't. But there you go. Hmm. I, I mean, I I can't remember if it did. I don't know, but. You know, as yeah. I think as you said earlier on, they've both got Ten and Rose a little bit of a selfish streak to a degree. And I think perhaps Chris didn't have that as much because he was the kind of traumatised Time Lord, the Time Lord who didn't speak about his past and who... Yeah. Although the Doctor, obviously, most of his incarnations are a little bit selfish to a degree. And like in say the Daleks where obviously the Doctor just thinks of 
himself and goes, well, I want to see the city. I'm going to do what I want in order to get there. And he doesn't think of any of the others and they end up with radiation poisoning. Nice one, Doctor. Well done. But anyway, the point being, that a lot of them do have a little selfish streak here and there. But I think when you've got Tem and Rose, like you say, there can be some really toxic elements to that. I'm waiting for someone to like want to kill me now. <laughs> Someone's just going to be like, oh my God, killer, death. Uh, just in case there's a bit of a lapse, we've just had a technical difficulty again, but it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so what were we just talking about, Lil? Because I've had to fix my microphone. What were what, 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 uh, we? I was going to read out uh, one of our friends, I wasn't say? I? I was going to read out. Yeah, so at yes, Time Nor Space were. Pod, so neither Time Nor the Space, um, they've said that they're maybe not the best companion, which I can see. But as, like with most, we started watching with Rose, she's the blueprint companion, and there's aspects of her in every companion, the family and the life away from the TARDIS. Uh, it's different to classic companions, and... Uh, wow, okay, there you go. He says he didn't like Rose at all at first, but her journey led him to love her, which is fair enough. He has said something else, but I'm not going to spoil that, because that is a that is a spoiler for one of the specials. Um... Yeah, I can see that. If I latched onto it quite quickly, but I think that might be because I was so young and I was like, oh, I really want to love this show. See, I think I was the opposite. I really enjoyed her when I first met her. Yeah. And then as it went on, I found it, particularly with Ten, a little bit more irritating. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, series, series two especially was... It was because it was so different, I think, because obviously each era, each Doctor and each showrunner is different. Mm. But it was a very different. It was much more, like I said at the beginning, Rose and Nine are like best friends. They're sort of they're not the same at all, but they are very similar to Four and Sarah Jane, sort of like mm. if, like exploring and having adventures. Whereas Rose and 10 is very much like they're going on dates around the world, around the universe mm. So they, I mean they refer to I think in New Earth they refer to the end of the world as their first date which is not mm. at all the feeling you get during series 1 mm. that's the thing, it's a very different sort of um, uh, like feel Mm. But she does have, she does have a journey, like James is saying, and like, um, like neither time nor the space. It's she goes from being a little bit selfish in series one to being like almost very very selfless and believing in herself a lot more. And I think the two are linked. Of her being more selfish in series 2 but also you can see that she believes in herself a lot more mm. especially in uh, Impossible Planet and Satan Pit she does she does a lot of it without the Doctor because of the journey she's been on Like would, would let her do that mm. so it's um, at least to me it seems like her She, I like her journey I just don't like her characterisation in certain series that's mm. the thing. Mm. 
I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm not overly sure what everyone's opinions would be because she is quite... I think if you started with, like, Matt Smith and Amy or with Jodie, Rose has a very different feel to any of them. Mm. So it would very much be like having to get used to a new sort of companion. But um, I think I'd, I still really like her. Before I've got a list of other relationships she's had, so I will go... Before we do that, we'll go to our last Twitter friend. Uh, so our, now our full-on Twitter buddy, um, Married to Who, at uh, Married to Who pod on Twitter... And genuinely, if at this point anyone's listening and hasn't listened to Married to Who or Neither Time Nor The Space, please do so because they are both excellent. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm going to go against Jake's advice of... of I listened to Married to Who from the beginning. It does mean now you have to go onto their website to, or I think maybe Spotify to find the early episodes because they're off of Apple because they've done so many now. Um, but they are very much worth listening to, especially if you want to listen to their reactions to Rose. Um, but they say that it was their first companion, which, as I know how they watch too, which was Netflix uh, or similar in the US, uh, as in, like, early, you had to send away for DVDs Netflix, not nowadays. Um, probably, I had to do that when I was younger, I remember doing it. Um, probably wouldn't be watching the show without her. <laughs> Uh, but he does say she's his least favourite companion of the modern era, which is fair enough, because I can see That's that. It's interesting. interesting, definitely. I wouldn't. Rose in Series 1, I think, is one of my favourites, but Rose in Series 2 is so different that it seems like it's a different companion. Hmm. I mean, I'd rate. Where would I put Rose in my list? I mean, my least favourite is Amy. I'm really sorry, Amy fans, but we'll go into yeah. that later. Um. I mean, Rose, for me, is probably... She probably comes sort of... Because there's Bill, who I really love, and then Graham, I love Graham. (laughs) And then you've got Yaz and Ryan are sort of in the middle somewhere, and above them is probably Rose and Donna, I'd say. I mean, that's a controversial place to place Donna, but there you go. People are going to be concerned about that. Is it? Everyone loves Donna, so I think if you've put people a bit higher... I mean, I, I do. I just... It's a bit like... What I said the other night, there are just companions I like more. Yeah, I think it's fair, it's fair to say I do. I do enjoy Donna. I do. I um, yeah. But yeah, Amy Pond fans are gonna kill me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he carries on and he says that her her positive qualities like bravery and loyalty are shared by all the companions, which is a fair point, really, because you even if they don't click with the Doctor straight away. Eventually, they all get loyalty to him. But then her negative quality, selfishness and rudeness, could have made her a singularly interesting character. But that wasn't the story they were telling. Uh, I like her story arc over the first two series, but her appearance in series four as an all-knowing sage was tacked on to give her a happy ending. I can see that, really. I, I really enjoy her in series four. But I can see where he's coming from because she does very much just turn up and turn left and have all of the knowledge of everything that's happening. Yeah. Although I was thinking of that the other day in relation to something else. 
and I can't remember what that kind of whole character crops up and knows everything and you're like wait a minute what <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I can't remember what it was now but anyway not the point really and that really <laughs> didn't add anything so I don't know what I said that for <laughs> uh, but never, but never mind <laughs> but that's the thing it's um I hadn't thought about that before because I, I really liked her in series 4 and that was going to be one of my points if her in series 4 is excellent but I think it's because it's such a different characterization to her in series 2 mm. because you've still got the romance side of it but it is mm-hmm. it feels like she's had a lot of development in the 2 years that we didn't see her I mean I can imagine she probably would have yeah I mean, I think Big Finish are going to go through that with Dimension Cannon. I haven't actually heard Dimension Cannon yet, which Me is why neither. I'm quite excited to do it for our listen. But um, we will have to see what that's like. And maybe we can do a little redux in our next one if we've listened to that by then. Mm. Um, but I do like... I think it's her appearance in Partners in Crime, the, the, the cameo right at the end, had such an impact because it was so well hidden. I'm trying to remember that. Which episode was that? Uh, so start of series four, where like Donna gives her keys, gives her her keys, and like it, t- she turns around and it's Billy Piper. I think it's a that's a really effective shot, but it's just because no one had any idea she was coming back. But I think the hype. I remember the hype more than I remember the um, necessarily the negative aspects, like Jake says, but. Um, again, I think he says the same thing. He says, he he says all that. He says all of that, thinking about it intellectually. But the truth is that he loves Rose and was really happy to see her in series four. So it didn't really matter what happened, due to the brilliance of the Billy Piper's performance, which is flawless. Which is fair enough. I think that's the thing. There are positive and negative aspects to her coming back, where she, when she did. But it's but it's like. You love the character so much, if you do, that you don't mind. Um, and then you've got her appearance in the 50th, which I'm worried about spoiling, but at the same time, I won't go too much into it, but Billy Piper appearing where, how she does in the 50th, I think that's really quite effective because it's a completely new take on her again because she isn't playing the character you think she's playing. I won't go into that too deeply though, because otherwise I think it will spoil it if people haven't got to the haven't seen the fiftieth yet mm. for you know almost ten years after it aired. But even so, um, <laughs> nearly ten years. Nearly ten years. Good. Oh my God. Oh my. Jesus. You know, actual Christ. Yeah. Well, give it. <laughs> what, what is it? Give it like two years, and we'll be at the sixtieth. <laughs> uh, oh um, my God. No. But I've got a list of. We've covered her relationship with nine, with ten, with Mickey. And with Jackie, you've got the three others really, who are Jack and Donna and Sarah Jane. Mm. And we've kind of covered Sarah, her relationship with Sarah Jane. So realistically, it's her relationship with Donna is very much just turn left. Mm. But I can see where Jake's coming from with that because she she seems to be the the sage in that, that, oh, I know everything that's happening, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do to survive. And I can see where they come from because she is, um, 
in that instance, she's coming from a world where it's already happened. But she shouldn't be aware of half of the stuff she talks about. So they, obviously they have the Titanic crashing into Buckingham Palace. They have um, the Atmos. They have everything that happens. It's like she shouldn't have known that because it wouldn't have happened the same way. But you don't really think about that because you're just excited to have her back. But I think with her relationship with Donna is very much like to inspire her and to keep her on the track they need her to be on. Whereas, and that's realistically it, she gets a one episode or one and a half episode relationship with Donna. Her relationship with Jack, I really like, but I think that's because I really like Jack as a character. Mm. Because they get, what's that, the two-parter, they have five, and then nothing until series four. But Jack's introduction and her reaction to him is, I think that's realistically the only... One of the few scenes of proper selfishness in series one where she just thought, oh, he's really handsome, he's really <laughs> charming, I'm interested in him even though I've got the doctor. But you can see that they're... I'm not sure how old John Barman was at the time, actually. I mean... Because, he, again, he's older than you think as well. How old's he, then? I mean, not going to insult the man because it's John Barman and he's amazing. He's 54... Same Which I would not mom. have thought. Well, no, well, you're younger than my mum. <laughs> but, at the, well, he's 54 now, which would have been 16 years, or so that's 48. That's th- He would have been just under 40, which is a similar age to what Chris Eccleston was. But he, had, the character he's playing, I think, works quite well as the charming, like, rogue that Rose would sort think, of fall for. Yeah, I think Jack as well is one of those characters who's a little bit ageless. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Well, thing is, given how, in that at least, he's... I don't know how old he's meant to be, but he's meant to be however old. But then by the time he's Jack, as we all know him now, he is thousands and thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. old. But... um Let's just say, for the sake of the argument, he is how old the actor was at the time. So, say he's like late thirties, even though he's technically an alien. Is he an alien, or is he a human that lives on another planet? because uh... he comes from the Bolshain Peninsula, but that doesn't necessarily say he is like an alien. Um... That's a very I'm good question to said. think to that I actually can't remember the answer to. Um, I mean he's from like 30 he's from 30 centuries ahead of where he was introduced oh right so you can imagine that in the 51st century he is a human who lives on another planet Mm. because what's that yeah three so that's 3,000 years, isn't it? 30 centuries. That's not that's me being stupid. Um, so, you can um, you can imagine that he's a human, so that makes sense. But let's, let's say he's like in his 30s. Mm. Even then, it'd be not, it's not too far, re- realistically too far away from Rose's age at the time. Mm. But I 
we're not going to get into a Jack. We're getting to a Jack episode at another time. But his journey with Rose in those five episodes, Rose very quickly goes from falling a little bit for him in the Empty Child to realizing what he's done in um, Doctor Dances, mm. and then just like being his friend. I think very quickly by Bad Wolf, they're just friends. Mm. And um, I like her relationship with Jack because he develops more having known Rose and the Doctor. Mm. And then when they meet again in Series 4, they're both quite protective of each other. So like her, him saving her from the, Dar- from the Dalek and um, comforting her when they think the Doctor's dying... And her being so completely distraught when she thinks he's dead mm. after he gets he, after he gets exterminated mm. again, mm. Um, I think is a really is a really nice relationship. It's, and that's more of like they develop into more of like a brother and sister sort of. Mm. But I think at that point Jack's so much older than when she last saw him that it would be weird otherwise. Mm. Um, uh, but you know, I think. I like their relationship. The only other thing I think we haven't touched on at the moment is what is your opinion on, depending on what name you call him, I'm just going to call him the clone of the Doctor that came out, the Metacrisis Doctor. What's your opinion on that? Because she gets paired off with him by the end of Series 4. It (laughs) it distinctly reminds me of... If there are any Blake 7 fans out there, there's this episode... Is it Weapon? I think it's Weapon. Where there's this Blake clone. And it distinctly reminds okay. me of that. There's this this random Blake clone. And then the, and then it ends up stuck with um, this guy's assistant on this random planet. And it just distinctly reminds <laughs> me of that. And I'm just like... I mean, that's fair it's enough. It's a bit... I don't know. It's almost like trying to give Rose a happy ending but I, I don't think it it probably solves the actual problem <laughs> I don't know no that's that's a point I'm not overly sure what um because some people I like that they had a, a dis- definitive ending to their story because even at, um even with the end of series two, they're still like, oh, then they might not be gone. There might be a way of doing it. Series four is very much th- that is the end of their their arc, and I know Big Finish have done a couple of um, stories set on Pete's world, and there's a short story in the Target storybook. Oh right, I haven't read that somewhere. yet. Believe it or it's, not, <laughs> I yeah. own it. Well, if that's if that's an improvement, I own it. I pre-ordered it when it came out. Um, which is odd because oh I can see it, but it's the so there's a story with Rose and the Metacrisis Doctor in that, which isn't a bad story, but it's sort of more focused on the Metacrisis Doctor than it is anyone. So I think for Rose, you're gonna want more the big finish side of it. But mm-hmm. having said that, that's more Jackie's story anyway. But I quite like that they had a definitive ending, mm. but I'm also not particularly. By that point, you're you're already you've already had their relationship dealt with. Mm. So it's like, do you need? Otherwise, though, I don't know how it would have ended. 
because you had then you then you had Rose brought back and they've both been searching for each other for so long. I'm not overly sure. No. But you know, it's I, we haven't had anyone talk about that, so I would be curious if anyone listens to this and then would let us know what they thought of the Metacrisis Doctor, because like with a lot of RTD finales, it is the smallest bit of a Deus Ex Machina. Uh, I think all of his finales at this point have Deus Ex Machinas in, but even so, um, it works for what they're doing. So, on the whole, then, what do you think of Rose? Well, I think... I mean, personally, I much prefer her relationship with Nine. I absolutely love that, and I love that whole series. And I think, for me, to this day, Chris is still my new Doctor. He is. Mm. Because, I don't know, he just is. Um, But, I mean, I think there are moments of Rose where she's like you say selfish and it's a bit uncalled for but i also think there are moments where she's kind and she's loving and she's very much for other people and not for herself so i think she, she i think she's a very complicated companion perhaps rose yeah and i think she's not just one thing or the other um but I do think that some of the things she does, particularly later on, are a bit, a bit kind of, I suppose, just unkind. <laughs> yeah, she can be quite petty and jealous by the end yeah. of her series two, mm. one, I think. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not sure if I like that or not. I don't know. Because obviously the way she behaves to other characters it's a bit like but you know, things like for example the way she treated her mum some of the time was yeah. was almost a bit kind of like <laughs> I, I can see if you get yeah, my that's, drift. That's thing. I'm I'm very similar. Um it's very much like Series 1 Rose I think is one of my favourite mm. Doctor companion relationships but that is also to do with Chris's performance um, so I think we might be getting a, uh, we might be getting an extra thought from somebody in a minute on Rose but we have to <laughs> um, we'll just edit out if we don't um, yeah the 9 and Rose relationship I really like I like the Tenth Doctor, but I prefer him in the later years. Ten and Rose, because they were going so hard on that, it is a romantic relationship. It's like, do we really, um, do we really need that from a Doctor companion relationship? I'm not overly sure. I mean, the other the other thing I think is that that whole relationship and that whole thing then therefore impacted on Martha's run quite a lot because then, you know, she got treated like dirt, really. It's sometimes yeah. because of his selfishness and Rose, 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 me, 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 and it's just like, what? It's just like, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, as I think that's something I didn't mention when what James had said. He said, um, even after she's left, 
RTD doesn't let her go either with uh, to the detriment of Martha's character, yeah. which is fair enough because I can. But, um, yeah, I mean, then again, there were companions that. like in well, let's take Classic Who for an example, like Joe who who left, and then everyone was like, "Oh, that's sad." But then we got Sarah Jane Smith, but it wasn't. Joe was mentioned, but it wasn't like the Doctor sort of moped about her and was rude to Sarah Jane because of it. Because they were good companions no, in their own right, very... weren't they? Yeah, that could very easily have um, have been the case yeah. as well, given how the final scene mm. between Three and mm. Joe is played. So um, I think the fact is though they just they needed to have a companion another companion who was just as good and they did that and I think Martha perhaps yeah. deserved that and didn't get it to a degree Yeah you're not wrong I think later on yeah. in series 3 she did but it was very much the focus on um yeah mm. But, you know, I still... I like Rose mm. in Series 1 more than the Series 2. I like her in Series 4 more than the Series 2. But I think Series series 1 Rose is still, like, to me, one of the definitive mm. uh, companion yeah. performances. Yeah. At least in New Who. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, it's worth, I think, just wanting to... No, I don't think we are going to get a reply, so I've deleted the messages, <laughs> oh well. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, or leave it in, I don't mind. Um, yeah, so I think for someone who is, to a lot of people, their first, their definitive companion, there was surprisingly a lot you can say, but also... Like I'm pretty much done on what I think, if that makes sense, because it's not. She her journey mm. in series one is excellent, mm. and she goes through a lot. But series two is quite. Every episode is very much her and the Doctor, or her or mm. the Doctor. I would be very. I think what I might do when I've actually managed to get my my friend who I'm introducing to the show into the show. Um, we can do a little redux on what they thought. That would be quite interesting. Have a new a new opinion on it. But other than that, unless you've got anything else, Will, I think um, we have covered a fair hmm. bit. I'm just trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to say about her particularly. Hmm. Not that I can think of currently, anyway. There's probably something I will think of later on and go, oh, damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but generally speaking. Oh, well. Yeah, well. I'm just, I'm just going to say it now. Again, go and listen to the other podcasts we've mentioned because they're excellent. There may or may not be a little um, joint effort between us and one of our friends <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah. And... Uh, please do, if you can, join us for the Rose Yes. Uh, our Ben one was delayed, but by the time you hear this, hopefully it will have been the weekend prior. But for our Rose listen, we have, as much as we've said, we aren't as much of a fan of Rose and the Tenth Doctor. 
there also isn't much big finish of Rose mm. and the Ninth Doctor. That's the problem. There are... Um, I think there's two... Mm. No, there's three stories, but there's only... There's only one that's particularly Rose-based. But I think, if I'm right, Lil, we've chosen... And this will hopefully be the weekend after you've listened to this, which will be the 17th and 18th. But we will tell you which day yep. near the time. I think we've we've uh, chosen Cold Vengeance, which was part of the 10th Doctor Adventure yes. Series 2. And... Um, that is individually available, not mm. just as part of the set. And it is. Let me have a look. For the individual story itself from Big Finish, it's eight ninety nine, which is a lot. But also, if you've got it, we would like mm. you to join us. And more importantly, we've chosen the first episode of the the Dimension Canon set. From Big Finish, which is thirty forty pounds from Big Finish. However, if you are a subscriber to DWM, I have it somewhere. I'm not sure. Oh, mine. There. Wait a minute. Have you got it? Mine's here. I haven't actually opened it yet. Hang on. Let me open it. Wonderful. There is a offer on the opening page to get Episode One: The Endless Night for free. Now, we. Have chosen that episode. That's useful. <laughs> Expert. Expert. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was just our luck. Oh. Now, the um, the whole of the Dimension Canon is on offer for half price. Is with, it? With the Ooh. DWM. Um, it is. It's on the other page. <laughs> it's on the second page, Lou. Um, it's, it's, I think it's £15 instead of 30 but. The I don't know what the link is. What's the uh, link to the free one, Lily? Where am I looking? Scan the QR code. Go to so it's bgfn.sh hash not hashtag. Uh, what do you call it? Slash back back slash and then five six three free. And then it says use the cold cold. Use the code bad wolf. Yes. There we go. So I will add that into our description as well when we publish the episode. So if you would like to join us, that one is free. And we will do it on the 17th or 18th. Uh, I do hope you join us because... No, yeah, I haven't heard it. We are very excited to do that one. And uh, I think the only other thing we've got is our fortnightly quiz now. This is the biggest quiz we have ever done on the basis (laughs) of our third episode. We have got four novels. Depending on how many entrants we get, you will get your choice of the four. The first name of the hat gets to choose from four, the second name gets to choose from three, and so on and so forth. So, we have got a hardback copy of The Monsters Inside, which is Nine and Rose. But I'm not going to spoil that one, but it's a good one. We have got a hardback copy of Winner Takes All, which is Nine and Rose, which I don't think I've actually read. But it's to be given away. We've got a hardback copy of The Clockwise Man, Nine and Rose, which is a very good one. And we've got a hardback copy of The Nightmare of Black Island, which is Sweet. Ten and Rose. Now, 
I will be publishing our quiz on I'm imagining as you listen to this tomorrow so the Wednesday so please 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 do get your answers in I'm not overly sure we've covered two of the questions we've definitely covered one of them um, what I will say that if you haven't watched any roles or if you do know one of the questions is based on Bad Wolf which we didn't really talk too much about and the other one is based on the end of Rose's journey so I should really brought it up but if I say it now it will give the answer away or that's realistically all I'm going to say but again if you get your questions in get, get, get your answers in and if you win we'll get them sent out if your name's first we'll show you and you get to choose and hopefully whoever is fourth does not uh, is not too disappointed but I think that's quite a nice bag of prizes. If we only get a few entrants and we get enough, it'll be whoever enters. But I'm hoping we get a fair few entrants. Other than that, all I've got left to say, realistically, and there's anything you want to say, Lily, is to announce who we are doing next time. Yay! <laughs> now, we've had our first new Who companion. We are going to go back to classic Who, but we've done our, we've done two 60s, so we're thinking jump straight into the 70s and... Not really any better place to start with the 70s than the first 70s companion. So next time we will be discussing Professor Liz Shaw. Oh, yes. And her single season run on Doctor Who. But believe me, there is plenty of big finish. and Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so let us know if, you'd, if you're going to be uh, listening to that one, if you're going to be excited for that one, because it's a companion I don't know an awful lot about, so I've got a lot of binging to do between now and then. And I'm very excited, but that would not be too difficult. Because I'm always excited mm. <laughs> about everything. Ah. Oh, well, that's that's all I've got left to say. I think is that what that's what we're doing next time. Please get your answers in soon. Uh, thank you to our Twitter friends, to Jake and to uh, Needed on Space and Jar Candle and James. And I hope James enjoys his book, as he was the winner of our last quiz. And we will see you all next time for Liz Shaw. Thank you and bye. <laughs> bye, everybody.